Welcome to Lectionary Bites, a podcast for the busy pastor, the bogged down student, and the curious biblical scholar. Each short episode features different professors and students from Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, narrowing in on an insight or two from the assigned scripture readings from the week. We hope these bites can support your sermon prep, spark new ideas and connections, and help you meditate on God's word throughout your busy week. Lectionary Bites is brought to you by the Hasse Library on the campus of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. The Hasse Library, inspiring theological discovery. All right, welcome to Lectionary Bites. This is a podcast of the Hasse Memorial Library. My name is Kendall Davis. I'll be talking about today's passage for Easter. We'll be looking at the gospel text, Luke 24, verses 1 through 12 from year C for Easter Day. And today I've got a guest with me. Hello, I'm Vince Otto. I'm second year seminarian here. All right, so we'll be talking about this gospel passage. So it's Easter, so as you would expect, We've got a resurrection account, or at least an empty tomb account. And so in this passage, we'll see how the the women, they come to the tomb, they find the tomb empty, they talk with the angels there, and they run and tell the disciples, and the disciples don't believe. Then there's this interesting theme of remembrance that starts to come up in this passage, and then also continues in the rest of Luke 24. We won't get to that today, but that's another kind of theme of remembering what Jesus said and what the prophets have also said about this event. So, Vincent, would you go ahead and read the passage for us? Sure thing. Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has arisen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day, rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, They told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what happened. Fun, fun. Yeah. Now, I I don't know about you, but when I read the Gospels, one of the things that I'm struck by is how you have Jesus predicts his death and resurrection multiple times. He says the Son of Man is going to be handed over, he's going to be tried, he's going to be beaten, he's going to be shamed, he's going to be killed, and on the third day he's going to rise again. Mm -hmm. And it's not like he just says that once offhand, he says it, I think, most of the Gospels have at least three times. Yeah, and in many different ways, too. Sometimes yeah. it's a lot more explicit than others. Yeah, like, he'll talk about, like, the sign of Jonah. And, and like, I would I would get it if, like, if, if like, all if all of the disciples had to go off of was, like, the sign of Jonah stuff. Like, that's kind of, like, there's, there's layers there. It's an onion of, you know, Jesus stuff. But, like, the death and resurrection predictions are super clear. He tells them, hey, y'all, I'm going to die, and then I'm going to be raised again. And then he dies, and they're surprised. And then he rises again. They're like, no way. Like, I, 
I, I, I wonder to myself, like, not even just in the realm of the story, just historically, like, how like how, how dumb were these people? Right. Like, like, I get it that, like, people don't rise again all the time. So, like, that's kind of crazy. So, like, maybe maybe I should, like, have more patience with them. But I'm like, y'all, like, he told y'all he was going to do this. Like, like it's it's not it's not like they're, oh, he said this, but we didn't think it could happen. It's like they're, they're just completely surprised. Like, they, they, they never even heard it for the first time. Like, I don't know, have, have you ever, like, had this kind of, like, banging your head against the wall like how how dumb are they like yeah absolutely i mean you see them just not getting it for the whole time and i read a lot of the gospel of mark and especially and you see how human those disciples are but they're not clear in any of the gospels like all of them even in luke here like they don't get it and it's yeah it's very hard to understand it's it's interesting how the the angels the the two men in dazzling white they talk to the women they ask the question you know why do you seek the living among the dead he's not here like <laughs> I, I I like to imagine it side with that tone um, as if like more sarcastic they're, yeah. they're like confused like what are you doing here like what like they're just like I don't like hanging out and they're surprised like can we help you like what what are you doing it, it, it's interesting so the the women come and this happens. And then they go to the disciples and they tell them everything that, that, that they'd seen. Maybe the women weren't there when Jesus said the stuff, but like the 12 or the 11 now, like, sorry, Judas, they definitely heard it. Sure. And, but we're explicitly told that they did not believe. Yeah. Peter was left marveling at what happened. Right. And, and that's the thing. They say these words seem to them an idle tale, which I, I looked it up and the word there is levros which I think this is the only time it comes up in the New Testament. I always, I always thought that idle tale is kind of an odd kind of way to, to put that. I wonder if the sense is almost even stronger. Yeah, Leros liar almost. It could be. I'd have to look at the etymologies there. I mean, I doubt that came directly from it, but you yeah. get the, the sounding similar. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so so Peter Peter goes, and if, if this is talking about the same thing, that John talks about in his gospel, Peter and John, you know, are potentially going together. He goes and he sees everything that the women see, or at least with the clothes and everything. And he says he went home marveling, which is not the same thing as believing. And another thing that I kind of came to when I was reading and studying this passage is this theme of remembrance. You get it coming up again and again. So the angels say, remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that he would be crucified and on the third day rise. And then it says, and they remembered his words. Returning from the tomb, they told all these things to eleven and the rest. And then if you, if you keep going in Luke, we have the story about the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus himself appears to to the two disciples there. And, and there it's an instance of remembering what the prophets have said. Mm-hmm. And even remembering Jesus. Because at first they, they, they don't recognize him. But it's only after he's explained what has been said about him in the writings and the prophets and the law, that they're then able to recognize Jesus. So it's it's interesting how Luke develops this theme of remembrance, remembering Jesus' words, remembering what the law and the prophets and the writings have said about Jesus. Mm-hmm. There's a sense in which they really should, they should know all of this already. Right. But they they haven't put the pieces together or they they've forgotten it kind of the knowledge has been suppressed but it's all right there mm-hmm. it's all right it reminds me of 
in Deuteronomy, when Moses talks about how the, the word that's come to them, it's not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us and we may hear and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear and do it. But the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and is in your heart. And so even the revelation of Jesus' resurrection, which is, I mean, they didn't even see it coming. Even that, there's a sense in which it was, it was always right there. But as human beings, we're not able to see it on our own. And, and I like your, your pairing with the, the passage about that from Moses or Abraham, where he said, like, it, it, it's on your heart. Mm-hmm. Remembering isn't just like recalling knowledge necessarily, but there, there's that aspect of truly understanding it, taking it to heart in that way, which like the Jews put a lot of stock into to memorizing the stories, memorizing mm-hmm. the the Torah and and all of God's words that he spoke through the prophets. And they they made people memorize it. But, you know, you have to think that some of them just had it memorized and maybe they didn't take it to heart. But then others who who did take it to heart, like even then, like they still needed someone to put all the pieces together, kind of draw it out from the heart so that they could indeed remember. Yeah, and there's a sense in which the resurrected Jesus is the putting together of those pieces. Like, I think it's Irenaeus. Yeah, Irenaeus talks about how the scriptures are like a, a mosaic, and it's a mosaic of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. And it only makes sense when the kind of the various pieces are put together into that picture. And that's 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 an important thing I think that Luke is exploring in the the, the resurrection accounts. That even even seeing the physical Jesus, they have to know the entire story and how this is fitting in from everything that God has done. But yeah, so I, I find that really interesting. One one more kind of language insight that I, I noticed was the so the, the word for tomb is menema, menema. That's one of those fun ones with the mu and the new together. <laughs> and of course, the word for remember is meneskamai. Mm-hmm. So, so this is a menema, a tomb is literally like a remembrance. Um, really? We would, we would, I mean, we have the word like memorial. Sure. It's kind of a similar thing. Sure. And I, I noticed that I was, as I was kind of reading through this in Greek, there, that, that that theme of remembrance, I think, comes out even a bit more strongly okay. because there is that auditory correspondence between between like every time it talks about them going to the tomb, going go, going going to the place of remembrance in a sense. Yeah, this is where they're reminded, and this is where the women remember, and so that I think that also can help. That that would be interesting to kind of explore. I think I think I think maybe in preaching, I would I might uh, avoid like. Bringing up all the Greek words. <laughs> yeah, save that for Bible study. Yeah, but what, what I might do is I might, in kind of retelling the story, kind of talk about the tomb as a memorial, mm-hmm. as a place of remembrance, mm-hmm. and kind of tie it together that way. That, 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 that might be an interesting way to do it. Well, yeah, and especially in our, our culture, particularly around veterans, where we have like Memorial Day to honor the veterans, and we talk about like memorials all the time and when we're right. to the, the dead, like that is, is an easy connection to be made that people could really latch on to. Yeah, yeah. So then if I were to develop this into a sermon, I think one thing I'd be interested in, I, I, I always believe that that is that we're to read the Gospels and read the disciples as kind of like being our stand-ins. Sure. And so whenever they mess up, you know, you better believe you just something like it. <laughs> so we, we, we read the disciples and we're like, man, how could they be so dumb? Like Jesus told them all these things. He was super clear. Um, 
And, you know, we know about the resurrection, but like that's because we already like know the story. Like we got a bit of a leg up on them in that regard. Right. But there are all kinds of other things, I think, that God has told us very clearly again and again. And we we can be just as dumb. Absolutely. Uh, we can be just as as forgetful. Some things never change. And I, I think there would be a way to explore that in both a law direction and a gospel direction. Oh, true. Yeah. So that like, like, like there are f- facets of God's law that we hear and are clear, but we, we forget because they're, they're not the things that we'd like to fight about or whatever, and they're, they're inconvenient or we don't get it. Right. Sometimes we don't want to remember them. Other times they're just kind of not important to us. Yeah, or it's, or it's not clear like how it fits in with our modern world, which is so different. So, like, so you could explore it in a law direction, but I think you could also explore it in a gospel direction. That there's a way in which like God speaks His forgiveness over us again and again and again, and yet and yet we still like can struggle with oh man does God actually like love me does God still hold my sins against me and and there there can be that little voice in the back of your head mm-hmm. that says like no like like He totally does but in that moment we we've forgotten what He's told us so clearly like I have forgiven your sins I'm forgiving your sins right now again and again and again. And we forget, we're just like the disciples. Like Jesus told them, I'm going to rise again. And then he rose again and they were surprised. (laughs) Like we're, it's, 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 it's the same thing that we, we forget what God has told us again and again and both law and gospel. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's very true. Now, as you're you're formulating this into a sermon, yeah, yeah. you want to touch on this place of remembrance, how how the people need to be reminded of God's promises uh, and and God's judgments. Sometimes mm-hmm. um, you're preaching this at Easter, which is one of the two holidays that some Christians choose to to show up to church in. So it would be really interesting if if you treated this as kind of a, a call to keep coming back to the memorial keep the uh, of like the church where you get to be reminded of God's promises because I think you're forgetting them for all but two Sundays a year. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think one one way to to do that would be to talk about how we celebrate Easter every year mm-hmm. because we know we need to remember. Yeah. The like the first Easter happened once. Um, like right. Easter doesn't happen again and again. It happened once. Right. But we, but we come to remember it again and again. Yeah. But there's also a sense in which every Sunday is an Easter. Right. There's that, that's why we meet on Sundays. Every Sunday is a remembrance. Yeah, yeah. And we, we need to be reminded a bit more than once a year or twice <laughs> a year or four times a year. Like, I, I mean, even even once a week, like, is that may or may not be enough. Like, at, at, at least that. So that that, that, that that might be an interesting direction to go. And, and even just to kind of give an understanding of like, why do, why do we, why do we bother gathering? Yeah. At this time and on this day that there's a spiritual purpose here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some resources I'd be interested in kind of exploring as well. I mean, there, there's lots of commentaries on Luke. Yeah. I think because I'm so interested in kind of a more kind of a, th- a theological reading of this text. I'd be interested in commentaries that are, are engaging in that, kind of doing theological interpretation, that sort of thing, because not, not all commentaries are doing that. I think a few that I would first take a look at would be the Brazos theological commentary. Have, have you looked at this one? They're like black volumes. I can't say I have. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not long, but I've, I've, I found that I've, I've really enjoyed them. Um, they're very good at kind of giving a theological reflection on the text. So the, the Luke volume is by David Lyle Jeffrey. 
We'll link all these in the show notes. Um, another one I found, the NIV application commentary. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about that one. Yeah, the, the I've always the cover always made me thought it was some goofy kind of like hokey <laughs> thing. It was like, yeah. oh, application, like ugh. looks like something straight out of some seventies past. Yeah, office. yeah, it, it really does. But I, I I've used them because I'm like, oh, these are actually really good. So th- that one's by Daryl Bach. Okay, uh, the NIV application commentary. Yeah. And then the New International Commentary on the New Testament, mm-hmm. um, or as I like to call it, affectionately, Nicknat. Uh, that one's by Joel Green. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joel Green is a really great Luke scholar. He really is. And I've, I, I, I would be interested to see what sorts of directions he goes with, with some of these themes in, in his a kind of more massive Luke commentary. So those would be some resources that I would go to first to kind of explore this theme of, of remembrance and to kind of explore preaching on it. Did you have any other kind of thoughts or comments for us? You know, I, I can't say I do. You covered it well, and I thought your application of remembrance in both law promises and gospel promises is really important for the hearers to hear, and especially as Lutherans, we can understand that dynamic pretty well. So Yeah, yeah. Well, good. So this has been Lectionary Bites. That was the discussion on the gospel reading for Easter Day as part of the Year C series. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for listening, y'all. If you enjoyed Lectionary Bites, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Facebook so that you don't miss a single episode. This podcast is brought to you by the Hasse Library on the campus of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. The Hasse Library, inspiring theological discovery.